Jay Mariotti here, and you are listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Chad, it's another special edition of our uninterrupted full interview. This week, we have Kevin Kaduck from the Midway Minute. It's going to be an interesting one. He's got lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. I, and I got to tell you, so this is the unedited version. So for you listeners, they're like, oh, I already heard Kevin. Trust me, you haven't heard the entire piece. So scroll ahead if, if, if uh, through the first 10 minutes, if you already feel like you had the episode in the previous version. We so appreciate our longtime listeners. I mean, from Mike Wilbon to Marv Levy to Jay Mariotti, we've got some big guests coming up as well. We're so excited. I love doing these full unedited because it gives us the time. We've thought about this. I mean, do we just do a, an hour and a half interview? I don't know. If, I mean, hour and a half podcast. I don't know if people would listen to the whole thing after us through our, you know, nine innings. So we give you a snippet of it and then we give you the full version. It's so much fun talking to these guys. Absolutely is. And it's great to catch up with them and get their insight because, you know, listen, Chad and I are experts, obviously. But yeah. you know what? We try to get even better experts than us. So without any further ado, here is our full interview with Kevin Kaduck from the Midway Minute. This is Mike Wilbon from ESPN's Pardon the Interruption, and I'm speaking with Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Pitchers and catchers have officially reported to camp. And I want to make reference to one of your articles that you just recently posted mm -hmm. on your website um, that I thought was kind of interesting. It was written by David Brown, one of your writers. And it's how famous Cubs did in their second tour with the team, kind of surrounding the fact yeah. that Jake Arrieta is now back in his second tour of duty with the Cubs. And there's a lot of, like, really good examples of former Cub players that have had second go rounds that maybe didn't have the success that you kind of thought they would or you would have hoped for. Um, yeah. is, is this kind of uh, showing a little bit of a leeway to what we can ultimately expect for Jake Arrieta the second time around? What do you think? Yeah, it's crazy. So when Dave and I started looking at it, the, the Cubs actually have a pretty big stable of former stars who kind of came back for, for second tours and, Everyone kind of remembers Greg Maddox coming back at 80, uh, 83, 38 years old. He, he pitched much better than he was 83 years old, that's for sure. Uh, so he had a, a pretty good comeback, although, he, you know, it wasn't the Cy Young caliber that we missed out on when he went to Atlanta. Um, There's also guys like Glenn Allen Hill and Doug Glanville and Joe Girardi. Now we've got Jake Arrieta. He's been away in Philadelphia for three seasons, had a pretty good start there, then struggled with a little bit of injury. You know, lost that velocity, which I think we're all going to be looking at this spring. I don't know. You know, obviously, I think it was a gamble worth taking for the for the Cubs. I mean, he was obviously affordable. Uh, he should solidify that rotation, but he does have you know he does have some things to figure out. And and as we know, and we look at pitchers across the board, velocity is generally something that doesn't come back, especially as you get older. So I, I think. Uh, going into the season, you're going to have to be cautiously optimistic that Arietta can kind of use that pitcher brain uh, to to kind of get you know make up for that 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 loss in speed. Do you expect Jake? I mean, uh, there's no doubt he's going to be in shape. There's no doubt that he's going to mm. be fit. 
do you think ultimately he's a guy that you can slot into the number two spot? Or do you think ultimately this is a pitcher yeah. that we're going to see in the back end of the rotation? What, what's your ultimate take on that? You know, when that came, when that news came down, I thought, okay, great. This is a, a great, you know, fourth or fifth starter. This is someone you're going to be able to rely on who will probably stay healthy. At least I'm, I'm counting on it. But then they come out and say, look, this is a guy we're, we're expecting to produce at the top uh, half of the rotation. And, um, you know, I don't know if that really speaks as much to area potential as the current state of the Cubs rotation. But I think that if you're looking at the the Cubs situation right now, and, and Kyle Hendricks is Kyle Hendricks, you know what you're going to get from him. Zach Davies, I'm optimistic about him. He's saved my fantasy baseball team a, a few times with some nice uh, spot starts that I've made with him. Um, you know, so if Davies kind of doesn't really produce and, and – kind of give the team what I think Jed Hoyer expects them to, then I think you're in trouble. So I really think that Arietta at top should be considered a number three starter. And I think that's probably what you're going to get from him in terms of output. David Ross says he's not going to use a six-man rotation, that he wants to be able to try and use five guys throughout the season, mm-hmm. maybe like a spot starter here or there. But top to bottom with the five-man rotation, I know you lose Hugh, but – is it crazy to think from a depth standpoint that maybe one through five, this team actually might look better than last year? Or am I absolutely insane thinking that? I don't think so. I, I think that's reasonable to, to, to think, uh, especially if, you know, as comes through and um, you know, I, I guess it remains to be seen what you get from Alec Mills and where, where he starts. But I think from a, a depth standpoint, you're, you're definitely correct because last year with uh with the injury to Quintana that really screwed things up. Uh, John Lester obviously had a great start and then then really never recovered. So I, I wouldn't disagree with that. So the big news offensively, Kevin, if we're talking about the guys who are in the box, it's certainly about these guys who are coming up on their contract years, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Chris Bryant. And Bryant, of mm-hmm. course, we'll start with him. Um, certainly the big talk in the offseason, everybody had <laughs> – Everybody had Chris Bryant going to either the Mets or the Dodgers or the Padres or wherever. It's a Blue Jays insert team here. Um, Do you think that we will see Chris Bryant in a Cubs uniform throughout all of 2021? Or do you think that it is just a matter of time before the Cubs decide to trade him? I know that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's a matter of time. I I don't know. I I wish that it weren't because I feel like we've had a MVP – third baseman, which we have waited for our entire lives, at least if you're a Cubs fan of a certain age who didn't grow up with Ron Santo, um, to watch him and and see what he was able to do, not only that 2016 season, but seasons going forward, and then really to have his narrative really kind of controlled or at least interrupted by all these kind of labor disputes and, and, and service time arguments – I think it's been a it's been a downer, and now we're headed into a situation where he is, you know, in his upper twenties and, and should be getting into the the point of his career where he becomes a franchise cornerstone, like Ryan Sandberg, like an Andre Dawson, like uh, Sammy Sosa, guys that we and we're setting the table right now for him to walk away, and I don't like it. Obviously, there's a big part of, of Cubs Nation that is kind of also opposed against him, which kind of blows my mind. I mean, look, he's 
he hasn't quite been the MVP level the past few seasons, but he is still one of the best, uh, you know, one of the best players in the league. And I just honestly don't like, you know, whatever they're they're going to get for him, it's not going to be commensurate um, to to what they're they're sending away. And you know, not only that, it's uh, you know, the, this is the Chicago Cubs, right? These are the Chicago Cubs, and we're watching the Padres turning into this like behemoth somehow in the San Diego market. And now we see the Chicago Cubs acting the way they are with their budget. We can't afford a Chris Bryant, a guy who made the final out of the 2016 world series. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to take. So I, I don't know. I, I, you probably pick up on the passion there a little bit. Uh, absolutely. And then listen, I feel for you and I'm in the same boat as you being, you know, a, a diehard Cubs fan for almost 40 years myself. So I, I totally get it. Um, let me, let me throw this at you with, with, you know, Rizzo and Javi also, mm-hmm. I mean, Knowing that, you know, in your opinion, you don't think that all three are going to yeah. sign. Do you expect Rizzo and Javi to ultimately both be signed a long-term? Well, I wouldn't say long-term for Rizzo, yeah. but at least deals where it keeps them in a Cubs uniform for the foreseeable future. The Rizzo deal seems pretty straightforward. And it seems to me like they, you know, they could easily work something out there. And I think that they will. And then it becomes kind of like that Sophie's choice between Javi Baez and, and Chris Bryant, which is... Look, I understand it, you know, and we can sit here and say, oh, the Padres are are doling out so much money, and they are. They have almost three quarters of a billion dollars committed to three-fourths of their infield, which is mind-blowing, but you kind of look at that Tatis uh, deal, the way that's kind of structured. It's like, okay, well, that's kind of setting up for uh, him to become a New York Yankees once the price gets really crazy in, you know, 2029, 2030. So <laughs> I understand that. And, you know, at the same time, as a Blackhawks fan, you know, and watching them not really be able to pivot from their generation of stars and give up big money to, to Brent Seabrook, um, give up more money than they probably had to to, to um, uh, Kane and, and Taves, you do have to make difficult decisions. So I get this. So write, writing checks, you know, for $200, 250000000 million to two players, I understand that's not going to happen. But uh, at, at the same time, it do, doesn't make, you know, sitting here, hey, choose between Javi Baez and Chris Bryant, who are two of the most likable players we've ever seen. As a fan, you don't want to do that. Right. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. The bullpen actually is shaping up to be much better than I think we anticipated. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I feel like, you know, bullpen situations – it's one of those things that can always be very volatile, but I, I think you write the, the you write the decent number of checks out there, and 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 you've got a good um, scouting department, and you've got you know the Cubs pitch lab. Um, it, you know it's going to be important this year. I mean, especially as we talk about okay, we they have a rotation that is not um, heavy on on aces, but uh, but but they're you know the, I think they have guys that can put together you know, four or five innings pretty easily. So uh, to be able to turn to that, I think is, is going to be a plus for them. Do you think when you look at the NL Central that this is a team that ultimately is going to win the division? I, I have to be honest, yeah. and maybe this is just the pessimist in me. I have this team, <laughs> I have this team finishing in fourth place, actually. And, wow. and maybe okay. I, I, I have the Cardinals first. I have the Brewers second. I have the Reds third because – Yes, they did lose out on Trevor Bauer, and but this is still a team that you know has Sonny Gray. 
They still have mm-hmm. Joey Votto in the lineup. They still have some pop in that lineup. I, I kind of feel like that this team is is good enough to win the division potentially, but we have sure. not seen this team, I think, over 162 games because I don't count last year at all, in my opinion, because a 60-game sample for me is not going to ultimately decide I the know. division. So I, I think if you're looking at 162 games, I, I want to be wrong, obviously, Kevin, but I don't know if uh, this team <laughs> is good enough for – for better than fourth place but um, maybe again maybe I'm just being too pessimistic on that I, I really wish that there was some sort of simulation we could have seen um, how 2020 would have worked out over 162 games you know not only with with the Cubs but you know the, the uh, if they, they start off great and then flagged a little bit with you know, their offense was obviously awful going into the playoffs you know, the White Sox that were kind of the same way they started flagging. So it's like, okay, what did these teams look like over 162 games? We don't know. Um, yeah, I, I was on a, a Cubs podcast, uh, another Cubs podcast the other day, and, and the guy there was very optimistic and thought 90 wins. I don't see how this team gets to 90 wins. I think now if you sat here and told me anywhere between 79 and 86 wins i wouldn't be surprised I, I think that's taking the easy way out probably it's it's not that crazy to say oh there'll be somewhere between 79 and 86 wins but that's just kind of what it feels like and i think that bottom is, is kind of soft and i think that okay if the reds fall apart or the pirates fall apart that's somewhere where the 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 cubs can pile up some wins and if you can do that and and make some hay against against the cardinals then yeah and and the and the brewers it is winnable uh, but there's just such a wide range of outcomes. I don't know if you like looked at you know, really kind of dug into the Pocota, um outcomes. It just seemed like the Cubs had such a wide range. Yeah, and you know, I, which I think kind of really reflects what, what you expect. And, and I think it's a lot of what you expect from the NL Central because I think every team is mm-hmm. so up in the air this year. Um, I mean, you'd think the Cardinals, but Pocota didn't seem to like the Cardinals either. So. I, I kind of was surprised by that yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. And certainly, I if you were talking to my partner, Chad, he is probably the opposite <laughs> of me to a whole other extreme because he says this team's going to okay. probably win 90 games. And I'm on the other side of the fence saying, like you said, between 79 and 83 wins, yeah. I think that's around what uh, – what I, I ultimately feel like this this team is going to do, and I, I don't have a problem with it with the optimistic takes because if you're sitting here in February and you think you know you don't have any hope, then then why right. would you go through it? And I think that's almost you know I love I love numbers, I love the analytics, I love getting into it, but you know there's a certain part of me that kind of sometimes wishes I was 13 years old again, uh, not knowing how any of this <laughs> stuff works, and thinking okay, well if a few things go this way or that way, uh, the Cubs are winning the World right. Series, right? Hi, it's Wayne Mesmer. You're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Kevin, let's finish with this. Is there a player in camp right now or a guy that the team has signed in the offseason or maybe somebody who's in the minors who might have an opportunity to make the team that you're potentially looking forward to seeing what they can do this 2021 season? If you were to pick a player, who would that guy be? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to go the easy way here and, and go with Jack Peterson, just because you know, he's such a, a high, um, high reward, you know, high strikeout guy. I want to see how the, the Cubs fan base really kind of relates to him or treats him. You know, 
if he gets into a rut and doesn't have a great start. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but um, I think it'd be pretty easy, uh, pretty good to see. Obviously, they could use his offense, and and if they can get you know thirty five to forty reasonably priced home runs, that's uh, that, that's a win for for Jed Hoyer. I absolutely agree with that. Kevin, tell us a little bit more about Midway Minute and how people can access it and how they can sign up for the newsletters as well. Yeah, so Midway Minute, actually, I mean, it's it's a good website. Um, I also, It's really kind of geared around our newsletter, which comes out every weekday morning and is about all Chicago sports from the Chicago Bears to the Cubs, uh, you know, to our soccer teams, to, to even the Chicago Sky. And uh, it, it's been a, a pretty cool experience. I launched it in February of 2020. Our community is growing and Obviously, there's a lot of great places to, to talk about the Cubs. Um, I'm kind of seeking to just make a good place to talk about Chicago sports, kind of a one-stop shop, and and, and not only highlight my work and, and Dave Brown's work, but you know I also send out links every morning to some of the best sports writing in the city uh, about our Chicago teams, and, and people seem to get a lot of value in it. So I would encourage anyone to sign up for that. There's a, a easy spot to put in your email address at the top of that website, and like you said, it's a midwayminute.win. Uh, midwayminute.com wasn't uh, available. That apparently belongs to a car dealership in Ohio for some reason. But <laughs> a midwayminute.win sounds pretty cool, too. And our thanks once again to Kevin Kaduck from Midway Minute. You can great, find great him interview. at Midway Minute or at Kevin Kaduck. And be sure to sign up for his newsletter. Uh, really good stuff, Chatty. He really has some great information about the Chicago sports scene. Absolutely. And we've mentioned this before. We're really excited. We're going to do the formal launch when the season launches, but go to the confines. Yep. The confines.com. And at yeah. the very bottom sign up, we will, you can get our email list and we will update you when there's new episodes. You can listen to the podcast right from that website. We've got some big plans. Can't wait to share that with you. Look at this. The friendly confines. We're getting bigger and bigger with the best guests. I, I say this on the site, no fan driven Cubs podcast gets better guests week in and week out. And it's true. It is absolutely true. And we got some more big names coming to you in the next couple of weeks. So be sure to stay tuned. So for Chad, I am Ryan. We appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley Field Jay Mariotti here and you are listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines Podcast Hey everyone, I'm Chad Gordon. And I'm Ryan Lieber. We're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dossett. What is my distinct pleasure? I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. Hi, this is Marv Levy, and you're listening to 
Ryan and Chad on Friendly Confines.